0: Welcome to The Rundown with your host, Stephen Nippold. This is a podcast that is simply about all the things I care about, mostly business investing and personal development, sprinkling some news and other topical subjects to get you The Rundown. Thank you so much for listening. Here we go. Classes in Session Welcome to episode 3 of The Rundown. I hope everyone is enjoying their summer so far. I've been out and about a lot throughout the month of July and early to mid-August. It's the primary reason I haven't written a new letter for a while. I needed a refresh. Welcome to the season of Limbo. The pandemic is making a resurgence. Many people are drastically transforming their lives and the future is even more uncertain these days. How do we handle this? How can we live our lives in a a way that actually makes us feel alive while also being safe? Here are the facts as we enter this new phase of the pandemic where variants threaten us. Number one, not everyone is vaccinated. Many have chosen not to, many more globally, still don't even have the choice. Number two, We don't know how isolation has weakened us in our war against other germs, viruses, and diseases. And number three, guidance is always evolving. We're all learning here, especially for people in the medical and scientific communities. They change guidance because they learn new things. Only time will be able to tell if their improved guidance uh, actually reduces the pandemic or not. And since this pandemic is still raging globally, worst case guidance must have a proper place in our daily lives. There's a bold line between caution and panic. Let's stick to that bold line by listening to the professionals and assessing our current circumstances. We can be respectful of the current crisis and still live our lives. It doesn't have to be a pissing contest. We can do both. It doesn't mean you have to stop living life. Just be a little more aware of the consequences. Wash your hands more often. Wear a mask if you're sick or around sickness. Wear a mask at the doctor's or in confined public transport. Take advantage of the summer weather to socialize in social distance. Be safe out there. On to today's newsletter. Sometimes I chase away the demons that haunt me while they hold the flaws of my character over my head. And sometimes they chase me. Most of the time they chase me. Today's letter is about some of those lessons I've learned while being chased by these demons. Brevity. I struggle. I struggle with being a poised man of few words. Instead, I'm the kid that keeps pulling onto your pant leg from the knee every two seconds with something new to say or ask. I shared in a previous blog post that I am a verbose man. One such flaw of my character has been this verbosity. This incessant need to speak may seem to some as an overbearing effort to expunge the incompetence from my record. That might be accurate, I often think so myself. If I say enough words, maybe some of them will ring true. Thomas Wolfe, the renowned author from the 20th century, was well known for his own challenge with verbosity. When I'm reminded of some of his greatest writing, I wonder if the character trait we seem to share is less of a flaw and more of a strength. In the movie Genius, Colin Firth reads the fourth the draft of a forthcoming book by mr wolf aloud
1: meets the girl you've written this as eugene's eyes became accustomed to the haze of the cigarettes and cigars swirling miasma like he saw a woman in surge and gloves that crept like living tendrils up her normally ivory arms but now sun-kissed as a blush was the incarnadine discovery inside a conch shell, seen for the first time by a bewildered zoologist as he is undone by its rosy, promising pinkness. Those were her arms. But it was her eyes that stopped his breath and made his heart leap up. Blue they were. Even through the swirling vapors of pompous Chesterfields and arrogant lucky strikes he saw, her eyes were a blue being on blue like the ocean, blue beyond blue. A blue he could swim into forever and never miss a fire engine red or a cornstalk yellow. Across the chasm of that room, that blue, those eyes devoured him and looked past him and never saw him, and never would, of that he was sure. From that moment, Eugene understood what the poets had been writing about these many years. All the lost, wandering, lonely souls who are now his brothers. He knew a love that would never be his. So quickly did he fall for her that no one in the room even heard the sound. The whoosh as he fell. The clatter of his broken heart. It was a sure silence but his life was shattered. End of chapter. You don't like it? You know I do. That's not
0: If you haven't seen the movie, I would recommend it. It's a little heady, and the pacing is imperfect, but moments like the clip above Make it worth it. Colin Firth plays a Scribner editor named Maxwell Perkins, who had already made a name for himself amongst other authors, new and old. And he is sought out by the intrepid and outstanding Mr. Wolfe, played by Jude Law. And through the receipt of Thomas's draft of what would become Look Homeward, Angel, he takes Thomas on. The challenge of brevity is sometimes I find it lacks context. I find it also often lacks emotion and empathy. Furthermore, it leaves connecting the dots to the listener, something that can lead to unforeseen complications. I don't know if I'll ever be able to tell a six-word story, but over time I hope that my ability to understand my audience and my own self is strong enough that I can master the ability to manipulate the line between verbosity and brevity. In order to keep them engaged and myself in control
2: do you think it's better to plan out your future all the way through or just play it by ear and see what happens i apologize if i've said this in the vlog before i can't remember and this also isn't my original idea someone else told this to me but it's great it was a great piece of advice that i'm happy to share i believe in something called the tarzan method and what that means is you are tarzan Me, Tarzan, starting on this side of the jungle, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, they're the other side of the jungle. And there's no straight line through the jungle. You know what, let me do an animation for you here. The Tarzan Method. What that means is, you're Tarzan, you're here, and you wanna get to the other side of the jungle here. Ideally, there's this straight line. But what you find in life, what I've found in life, This is non-existent. This straight line here is a unicorn. It doesn't exist. Instead, you reach and you grab onto whatever vine you can grab onto and you swing. And that vine might carry you in this direction, which doesn't feel like the right direction to your goal. But it does get you a little bit closer. And then you grab onto another vine. It swings you all the way over here. A little bit closer and then you swing in this direction and then this direction and 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 And eventually you make it to where you want to be but the beauty of the tarzan method the kind of the magic of being open-minded in your pursuit is that like these unknowns like where it might take you that you didn't imagine that's usually where you find something that is actually what your goals are I don't believe that there is a straight line between where you are and where you want to be in life, ever. Not with family, not with romantic interests, and especially not with your career. So an open-mindedness, even if it looks like this, will yield results and outcomes that otherwise would have been unforeseeable.
0: I have goals and dreams that many say are too lofty. They look at me and they judge me harshly for the things I am doing now And the things I'm planning to do tomorrow. For me, this is not a big deal. Because I'm hyper aware of my current state and what needs to happen for me to get to my desired future state. And this awareness has led me to the adoption of the Tarzan method. Introduced by Casey Neistat, which you heard above. I'm a big fan of Casey. He's an excellent and extremely creative and energetic human being altogether that embodies the concept of just do it. In this video, he provides many valuable lessons, but the one I've timestamped and the one you heard is about how the common path to your goals and dreams is more like a zigzag instead of a straight line. When you adopt this method, you save yourself the struggle of carving through the forest floor and you enable yourself to embrace the concept of course correction. The concept of course correction, what is that? Basically, it's one of four things. It's too little too late, too much too soon, too late too much, or too soon too little. And hitting the bullseye, achieving perfection is nearly impossible. Using the Tarzan method as a frame of reference for how we walk through life, you can use course correction to grab onto new vines faster, to create additional vines, To avoid the weak vines that are going to snap, and to hold on to the strong vines longer. Awareness is the first step to being able to take advantage of your circumstances and capabilities so that you can swing through the jungle of life towards your grand aspirations. Problem adoption. If everyone you know were to sit in a circle and put all of their problems into a pile and then you got to choose which problems you wanted to keep, what would you do? I heard this question get asked, and the person responded that if given the choice, they would take back their own. I was very confused by this. I don't understand why anyone wouldn't use this opportunity to adopt the right problems. If they could put all their problems on a table and cherry pick which problems they would have, This person is saying they would pick all their own again? I don't think I would. Problems are a huge deal in my life. They're a huge deal in everyone's life. We have big and small problems and they show up every damn day of the week, which reminds us ultimately of how fragile this human experience is. But here's the thing. There are problems that disable me and there are problems that enable me. In other words, There are problems created by the lack of resources, and there are problems created by the abundance of resources. If you are like me, you would take the opportunity to redesign your entire life through the optimization of problems that you're best suited to manage and the problems that are solved by resource reduction. You would give yourself the boat that breaks down every other week because it's better than not having a boat at all. You would give yourself problems that only you can solve. You'd throw away all the problems that you struggle with. When you understand that problems, and subsequently their solutions, are key to the human experience, you'll be able to unlock one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned. My father is a tinkerer. For all the years I lived with my parents, my father would often be outside or in the garage spending hours making junk fit his latest needs. I never understood why he'd spend so much of his life out there doing these silly little projects to make something a tiny bit easier, a tiny bit more efficient, or a tiny bit more useful. I never understood why he'd buy a used machine that he'd have to fix every other weekend. He'd spend hundreds of dollars on a thing that didn't even work, and pour weeks and months of his time into it to get it to work. Why not just buy it new and save the time so he could spend that time elsewhere? But then it dawned on me. He likes doing it. He likes tinkering. My father is suited for tinkering. He can make a broken thing work a lot longer than it was supposed to. He can solve mechanical and electrical problems with some of the strangest methods, tools, and spare parts I've ever seen in my life. He can work on cars, construction equipment, household appliances, and so many other things that I am just not suited for. If my father could cherry-pick the problems that would mark his life, I'm sure he'd rather have a piece of equipment break than a big financial burden, or a health concern, or a family issue. The greatest lesson I've ever learned has two parts. Number one, pick the problems that you're best suited to solve and build your life around them. And number two, pick the people that are best suited to solve all the other problems you might encounter. Aggressively frugal. I am so cheap that I know it affects the quality of my life. I know this because I often pick the cheap but worst for me option. Financially responsible people splurge on things that provide a positive return on investment. Financially responsible people, they invest. They experience life. They take risks and they don't fear the doctor or a repair bill. It's a part of that life that they are experiencing. They do these things with purpose and within reason. They define a line and go from there. It's easy to not spend money. It's so much harder to be financially responsible. Being financially responsible doesn't equal being cheap. This is a lesson I am still struggling to learn. And one final thing.
3: Need some advice. I wanted to kill myself. And when I couldn't. Or hadn't, I thought, okay, if I'm gonna do this carrying on living thing, it's gonna be on my terms, I'm gonna do what I want, and I've always got suicide to fall back on. Got to have a backup. Exactly. But it didn't go to plan. Um, at first I thought it was like a like a superpower. I can do anything. Who cares? what's the worst that can happen nothing can hurt me because I can always kill myself you know and but then I realized you can't you can't not care about things you actually care about you can't fool yourself and and uh there was something you said that it's not all about me and even though I'm in pain it's worth sticking around to maybe make my little corner of the world, a slightly better place. That's all there is. Happiness is amazing. It's so amazing, it doesn't matter if it's yours or not. It's that lovely thing. A society grows great when old men plant trees, the shade of which they know they will never sit in. Good people do things for other people. That's it, the end. And you're good, Tony. You have so much to give. Smart, funny, lovely. You forgot sexy? Yeah, well, didn't want to be too obvious. If you were 20 years younger, right? Exactly. Mind you, if I was 20 years younger, I think I could do better. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um.
0: Dealing with loss is hard, and this show, Afterlife, on Netflix, starring Ricky Gervais, provides a sobering glimpse into how people try, fail, and succeed managing that loss happiness is amazing it's so amazing it doesn't even matter if it's yours or not